Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! Drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid family, what is going on? Friday here. We are back on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, and I got Grifka here. Grifka, it's Friday. We're here to talk Lions. What's going on, buddy? Nothing, man. Same old, same old, but uh, realizing that the season's coming to an end here pretty soon. It's absolutely crazy, man. Three games left. Like, I remember looking so forward to this season. I had all these crazy fantasy football leagues, and you're just waiting for that first game in September. And here we are, season's almost over. But the greatest thing, Grifka, is that I was thinking about it the other day. I go, all right, we're in December, January, February, March, and then it's draft month. Like, <laughs> my favorite time <laughs> of the year. So, like, and, and free agency's in March now. So, like, really only have a couple months of – of dead time uh real quick before we jump into like the news and notes script are you looking forward to this the xfl or the alliance of american football or whatever they're calling it like you've been reading up on this stuff you you're gonna give that a watch or no i might watch like first week or two of out of curiosity to see what the game actually looks like but it seems like every time those things come up just the talent level the drop off you can tell the difference between the nfl and all the other leagues. So that, uh, like I said, I just might watch it for curiosity type thing, but it might be one of those things where it just kind of, I kind of wane away from it after a while. Yeah. I haven't been paying too much attention, but I mean, you know me, I'm kind of a lifelong wrestling fan. So Vince McMahon and the XFL just kind of gets me excited. I remember how excited I was the first time for it, even though I wasn't a big football fan back then. Um, so I'm curious to see what they do. And then, the more I looked at it this last week, like it's going to be crazy next year. Or I think even this year, the other one is starting up. Uh, come right after the Super Bowl, there's going to be football on the weekends and stuff. That's going to be crazy. So I'm interested because uh, I think you could still like find some fun players to watch and stuff like that. So we'll we'll see if that helps the NFL or if there's any like, oh, I got to watch this guy. He's uh, got some affiliations with the Lions or something. But that was just something that popped in my head. So what uh, what else is on your mind this week, uh, Lions, football-wise? What are, we, what are we talking today? I'm just uh, reading a whole bunch of things about uh, – I always see a lot of posts like, you know, uh, Jim Bob Cooter, here's the guys that are going to replace him. And all I can think to myself is like, isn't he still a coach here? And uh, I realized the Vikings, you know, fired their offense coordinator. It seemed like before they even uh, got on the plane from Seattle, they just gave him a ticket to his house. And uh, it just makes me wonder, you know, does, you know, other teams do it, you know, and we've seen the lackluster performance out of the Lions offense. Like, how does JBC still have a job here? You know, uh, are, are they just waiting to the end of the year or are they just waiting to see if he turns something around? I, um, that's a good question. I mean, I'm never really a proponent for, you know, firing somebody mid-year unless it's absolute train wreck. And, uh, you know, we have so many injuries and there's so much transition with this team right now that, you know, as much as I haven't been impressed with the offensive creativity or just the overall production, like, you know, I don't think they have anybody better in the wings. I don't think that changing just to change is really always the best thing or ever really the right thing to do if you don't have a better option. So I've always been fine with having him finish out the year. You know, hopefully Matt Pat, Bob Quinn, those guys have somebody in mind. And here's my biggest thing, Grifka. I'm so worried. I think this is the real turning point in Matt Stafford's career because he's had some different coordinators, you know, he's had some success, he's had some bad years, 
but I feel like this is his guy, you know. Jim Bob is his guy. He likes him. They get along well. Like, I feel like he's staying around for that reason more so than anything. And I think Jim Bob's actually a good coach. Like, I just don't know what level. Is he a good, you know, quarterback coach? Is he a good, you know, is he a coordinator type? you know, in a different, with different players. I don't know, but getting back to Stafford, like I'm curious if, and when they switch, how's this guy going to react? You know, is he going to pout? Is he going to slump down? Or is he going to take it as a huge challenge and say, this next coordinator is going to be better than I've ever been. And this next part of my career is going to be better than I've ever been because, you know, everybody's pretty much on the same page. The JBC has to go, but when are they going to do it and how is Stafford going to react are my big questions. Yeah. My biggest question is I, I don't want to hear like, Oh, we're going to give him another chance because you know, of all the injuries and you're going to use that as the reason why the offense, you know, didn't look like the way you thought it was. I mean, if, if he's not your guy, if you're not comfortable with him, just move on, you know, go to something else. I mean, we always say like, you always hear players say, coaches say it's a business, it's a business. And, you know, Matt Pat, if you're not comfortable with him, if you want your own guy in there, you know, fine, you know, get rid of him. But your guy better be the guy to make this offense look like it, uh, like how you want it, you know, humming, moving, putting up points, you know, moving the ball the way you want it to move. Because if it's going to come out and you're going to do the same things, you know, uh, third and seven, make sure you throw like a, a flat for two yard gain and, you know, everything's just like, you know, small, you know, just trying to like grind the game in and, and your drives are, oh, we want, you know, 10 minute drives, you know, with 15 plays, you know, and I think that's where the Lions just run into the trouble. So the biggest thing is if you change coordinators, then next guy better come in making this offense look like a real dynamic. Um, you know, because, you know, if you're waiting to the end of the year to do it, because we, we saw earlier, you know, earlier this year, the Lions uh, special teams, they were looking a lot, a lot of penalties, not looking that great. And they dumped that guy. And um, I, I can't remember that guy's name. And I know they didn't bring in your, your fan favorite, you know, Stan Kwan. But uh, <laughs> the special teams have, has definitely improved. I mean, you know, that's that's what I believe. I, do you think that change has really has really helped? Or are you still kind of like the guy like uh, special teams aren't that important as like people make them sound? You know what? What do you what do you think? Do you think the special teams change has actually, you know, benefited? Um. Well, I'll get to special teams in one second, but to kind of button up the whole offensive coordinator, I think that's the more important change for this team. And I just, I agree with you. I think you're kind of saying like we've kind of seen what he is. You know what I mean? There can't be an excuse of oh we had some injuries. Oh, you know we just we're not talented enough yet or whatever the situation. I mean, I felt like Jim Bob started out good with Stafford and then has really slumped the last little while. And, it, you know, it becomes a trend after a while of just how they're playing. The other thing I wanted to throw out before we uh, move to our next topic is, like, you know, don't you think – I know you asked me about the special teams, but – I think they overthink it sometimes, you know, they're every time I listen to a press conference, there's a million factors that come into play. And yeah, there's a lot of things that do, do come into play. This NFL football, but I mean, sometimes it's not that hard. You can draw up plays in the dirt. You can actually um, sling the ball around and not think about every little nuance that it's going to impact every game at every moment, every time. So I think these guys got to just cut it loose a little bit more and not overthink every little situation and circumstance. And then getting back to your question about the special teams. I mean, I think the same applies there. I mean, everybody tries to make special teams like this, you know, third of the game, this huge important feel like, you know, I don't see too many, big special teams plays and yeah, it's field position. It's this, that, and the other, but I don't know that it, it really, you know, makes you win or lose lots of ball games, like a handful of games a year probably really helps impact one way or the other, but I'm not sold that it's the coordinator. It's the scheme. I just think they've tightened it up a little bit better. They've been a little bit better, but you know, I'm much more worried about the old coordinator and Matt Stafford than I am our, our, you know, Stan Kwan uh, reincarnated replacement or are we covering kicks better? Because I think that sort of takes care of itself now in the NFL, to be honest, like 
I don't see many kicks going to the house and uh, we have enough to, to be decent or better than decent on, on the special team side of the ball. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm just going to agree with you on that, that uh, I think a lot of people uh, say, you know, put, you know, put the, uh, you know, oh, we need special teams, need special teams, but I think, you know, ultimately the offense and the defense are the ones that uh, win the game and the defense is kind of like if, if it, uh, if it does something nice, then it's just kind of gravy for, for the game plan there. So uh, that's just kind of how I always felt about special teams right there. Um, and just uh, one one other thing I want to hit on. I, I know uh, you, you always you always tell me I'm not giving props to guys that you expect to do something. So I'm I'm going to give a, a few props here to a guy that finally you know did something that I that it, I've been, I've been expecting of him, and that's got to be a it's got to be to your boy Ziggy. I was totally expecting him to get hurt at some point and miss that end of the season, and he finally came through. Congratulations, Ziggy! Um, <laughs> you know you you, you know you're uh, you, you finally did what, what I what, what I've been saying. So uh, I want to give big props to you, man. So uh, you know I want to say it's been nice having you here, but you know you're one of the nice guys that you know we talk about on the team. Well, that's not doesn't have the mean streak, and uh, you know uh, the four sacks that you had in the seven games that you played. And, um, you know, th- those will be missed, the four sacks. So uh, I will look for that stat in the almost column, you know, next to the wins and losses. So, uh, you know, Ziggy, uh, it's uh, been nice knowing you. Uh, I'm glad you'll be getting some big fat paycheck from, like, the Giants or, like, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or something like that. So, uh, you know, you know, bon voyage, Ziggy. Rivka, I- I'm so glad you brought this up because if you didn't, I was going to, one – because I knew you would gloat, and I knew you would make the exact <laughs> statement that you did. And so I'm glad you got it in before I teed you up. And the other thing is we haven't had a good uh, yell at Grifka or argument in a while, so here's a good spot for it. Why in the world, Grifka, as a Lions fan, even in a joking, half-funny, wannabe man, why would you be anywhere excited that you were right that our star $17 million defensive end ripped off his shoulder and is now out for the final three games when we're trying to, as you say, put up victories, still have a chance for the playoffs. Like, why would that bring you any joy at all? Why? It makes no sense. It's garbage. The guy played well when he was in there, and you're just, like, excited. Oh, I was right. He's hurt again. Like, like he was okay, never. Good. I'm glad you're field. happy. He was never on the field. It's like you're depending on a guy who never plays. And like, oh, when he's on the field, when he's on the field, you know, fine. Give me a guy who plays, you know, you know, 12, 13 games. Okay. This guy, whatever, you know, seven. And let's put it this way. Those seven games include the games, the game that he first got injured in the last game that he got injured. So what? He played five full games. And let's, let's remind you, those last few games, he was known as the situational guy. You know, we're paying our guy big bucks to be the situational pass rusher. Okay? He wasn't even a three, four down defensive end. He was a situational guy. So, um, yeah, that's why. I mean, it's one of those things like, just see you later. I, you know, I'm done with you. Get lost. I mean, you're always like, don't we need, like, this size guy, this guy? Yeah, we need that guy if he plays. We don't need the guy, like, to stand on the sideline and smile at the crowd, okay? We need the guy if he plays. <laughs> he never played, okay? So, uh, you know, that's why. That, that's why I'm gloating about it because just, like, see you later. Don't don't let the door hit you on the way out, but I know I'll see you on Tuesday picking up your check, okay? Yeah, see you later, Ziggy. <laughs> Okay, so before we move on, I want to hit on a couple things there. First of all, you say when he's on the field. Okay, I've been advocating. You say when he's on the field. You say when he's on the field. I'm reiterating what you say. Okay, thank you. So I want to repeat then not only what I said, but counter your ridiculous argument that you just gave me, the see you later, buddy. First of all, what I've always been saying, no one's saying he doesn't have this terrible injury history. He does never happy about it when he's not on the field. The difference between me and you is that when he does start to play and he hasn't been a situational guy recently, he's ramped up to where he was playing a lot more the last few games and making impacts. When this guy's on the field, you noticed him, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. So what I can't understand is your see you later, buddy, go sign another team. That's all fine and well, either after the year or in general, like, 
this guy had been making plays on Sundays, pushing the pocket, getting sacks, doing things that are productive for our team, yet you find joy in that he's no longer on the team, back to where you always make fun of him that he's out, whereas he had been playing and playing well, but that wasn't good enough for you either. You'd rather see him see you later, buddy. Like, he was out there finally toughing it out, making plays. That wasn't good enough for you. Like, you just never can make you happy with this guy. Like, he has to go away. He's going to go away at the end of the year, but I sure would have liked him these last three games making plays. Yeah. Okay, so Ziggy Ansah is like that car that's just like, it's like the we import go. foreign sports car that's just like, this car is awesome to drive, but it's always broke down. Uh, okay, it's always in the shop. But, oh, gosh, but when it's running, this thing just hums. It's awesome. Handles the curves, 0 to 60 in, you know, 1.2 seconds, but, oh, gosh, it's in the shop again. Yeah, so yeah that's good. why. There's a point you're just like, see you later. It's nice, it's nice when I'm Let driving me talk. it. Let me talk about your metaphor because here's the issue. So, like, you have the Ferrari that's great when it goes, but when it's broken down, it's worth nothing to you. Like, I'm the guy who, like, always hopes that it doesn't break down, and when it is rearing around the roads and fun, I enjoy the ride. You're the guy that when it's rearing around the roads, like, having fun, you're, like, in the back of your mind hoping it breaks down so you can go, I told you so, this car's a piece of garbage. Like, you take joy in this. Like, you love it. And it makes no sense. You want this car to run and run well. You're right. I want him to run and run well. But you're the guy sitting there going, but it's an awesome car when you have it and it's running. Look how great this car is when it's awesome on the, on the road. Look how pretty it is. But I'm like, but it's in the shop again. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's on the racks again, man. Come on. You know, I, I, you know, I got to drive it because I'm spending X amount of dollars on it. But it's in the shop. But just think when it's on the road, look at the tires. Look how it handles. That's how awesome it is. I'm not taking joy that I'm right. It's just like I overpaid for my car, and I'm kind of pissed off about it. Now, it's just like when somebody gives me the opportunity to get rid of said car, here you go. That's what Ziggy Ansa is to me. But you're sitting there telling me you're going to be, oh, but it's such a great car. Look how great it is. It, it handles so well. That's Ziggy. Sorry, Ziggy. See ya. That's what Ziggy Ansa is to me. So for you to sit there to take joy in it, no, I'm not taking joy. I'm like, good to see. Go, glad. Go. Get get going. You know, I, I put the car in auto swap and somebody was dumb enough to take it from me. Okay? It's like, okay. You know? that That's what Ziggy Ansa is for me. Okay? That's a, that's a bell for the Grifka OK, which is another classic. Uh, you got to look for that on previous shows. It, it, it rears its head a lot. It's funnier every time. But Grifka, I'm going to give you a very unique thing on the podcast right now. Not only am I going to um, lay this argument down and, uh, and not counterpoint you, I'm actually going to half tip my cap on your final uh, car metaphor. I feel like that was the closest you've got to both not only making sense, but making a good point on a metaphor that you pulled out of your hat. And uh, and I will give it to you on that one. But yes, I'm not going to re-sign Ziggy if I'm Bobby Quinn. But I feel like the guy was not only a plus player, but he's a he's a athletic big guy when he's out there. And he could have and did help the Lions a little bit. But again, I want to not end on my terms. Tip my cap. You're right. I always did advocate for the car when it was up and running, and it didn't run enough times, and it's now in the shop for good so there you go okay thank you i appreciate that be, 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 before before i bask in the sunlight and, take, and you know that that you gave me credit for that let's move on to the buffalo bill game yeah uh, you want to do that yeah you better hurry up before i yell at you okay so uh we're um, going to buffalo this weekend and uh, i know when we originally saw this uh we we're like oh buffalo and uh and, and, and later in the year, I mean, I, I to be honest with you, I, I haven't checked what the weather will be, you know, come Sunday. But um, I, I know uh, there's some there's some you know not too great weather moving through Michigan, you know, uh, you know, you know it moved through Thursday and Friday, and this weekend's supposed to be a little warmer. But so I think I, I'm I'm pretty sure Buffalo is probably going to be the same way. So I don't think we're going to be looking at you know the. Uh, the uh, the snow that I love to see, but uh, anyways, I know uh, you know this game itself. You know, if you're a casual football fan, it's not going to you know move your uh, barometer too much. And uh, I mean, there's you know they they have the new quarterback Josh Allen. Um, you know, he's, he's got some. You know, he can run the ball a lot better than what I thought he would. I mean, I really always I thought he was the best quarterback in the draft. I mean, I really liked his like his arm. He's got a cannon for an arm. 
and but uh, show that he can you know scramble a little bit. And, uh, but uh, other than that, I mean, it just doesn't seem like there's a uh, n- not too many playmakers um, on that Buffalo Bill offense, or maybe even the defense. So, um, um, I I know it's just like I'm gonna watch it because I love to watch my lines and stuff like that. And um, but uh, is there something that uh, you know, just kind of basically that that you take on Buffalo? Is there anything on Buffalo that you like? You know, like I like Josh Allen. I think I, I want to watch the game to see exactly how he performs. Is there anything on the Bills that you that you're kind of looking forward to? <laughs> oh man, Griff, there's lots to unpack there. First of all, no, there's nothing I'm looking forward to on Buffalo. This is the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast. Uh, I'm looking for our Lions to whoop the tail of the Buffalo Bills. Second of all, you kind of threw in there slyly. Oh, this is, it doesn't move the barometer. Blah blah blah. This is one out of 16, Griffka. We only get 16 NFL games. So, yeah, your opponent might not be flashy, but these are just as important as any other game on the schedule. I don't care who, what team it is. I'm going in there hoping our team wins, plays well, scores touchdowns, plays good D, all that good stuff. Now, we talk about the Buffalo Bills. I mean, no, there, there's nobody over there, you know, on the offensive side of the ball that does anything for me. You know, Shady McCoy is – Supposedly banged up. You mentioned the weather. I was ready for you to go into one of your Griffka-isms about um, the weather, the 4 o'clock starts, the this, the that, of why the Lions can't win. To me, I'm glad there's not going to be buckets of snow there. But regardless, I'm hoping that in the next few years, no matter rain, sleet, snow, whatever it may be, the Lions can go in there and win any type of football game on any Sunday and not have to worry about all this, what time the game is, if it's on the West Coast, if it's snowing, raining, you know what I mean? we got to put all that kind of stuff to bed. But again, back to Buffalo. If there's no Shady there and their receivers are real hit or miss, I mean, all this run around Josh Allen's been doing, I mean, yeah, he might move the sticks a couple times, but that doesn't scare me at all. The only thing is maybe the pass up over the top and we haven't been allowing those very much so uh, I'm not very uh, afraid of that team at all they have a decent defense and uh, I feel but I feel like the Lions D has been playing great you know have a few extra injuries after last week but I expect them to come out and play well and will our offense do what they need to is kind of the storyline I'm looking at in this game okay um yeah, I mean, like I said, you, like I said, I'm kind of interested to watch Josh Allen play. I mean, I, uh, I, I, like I said, I thought he was the best quarterback, you know, coming out of the draft. And but you know, him having to do all the running around, he's he's got to be the guy to, uh, to, to if if Buffalo stands a chance, you know, he's going to be the guy. So I just kind of want to watch him. But you know, like you said, the Detroit's defense played a lot better, but they, you know, they you know put Ziggy on IR this week. They put Mike Roberts on IR. There's just a lot of guys that even in last game against uh, Arizona, I mean, uh, Deshaun Hand got hurt. I mean, Charles Washington got hurt. Uh, Rick Wagner hurt. There was, there was just a lot of injuries during that game. Um, it's just a lot to overcome. And you're always saying, uh, you know, and I agree with you that a road win in the NFL is a big thing. So there's a lot of injuries that Detroit's going to have to overcome. So what do you think they're going to have to do to be able to overcome those injuries and win this game? I mean, what I've seen the last few weeks is just this incredible run-stuffing defense where these guys are in their gaps where they're supposed to be. You know, they're not letting big plays over the top as frustrated as I get watching Nevin Lawson and Mike Ford and some of these guys get kind of roasted and toasted. They're not letting the big play go for the most part. So you got to continue that kind of defensive play. Oh, man, I absolutely loved kind of the the energy and the – the physicality that both uh, Diggs and uh, Jared Davis brought last week. I, I should have had Diggs on my three best players because, man, that guy is a football player, no doubt about it. So if I'm looking at this game, I mean, I think I think we have to keep that same type of defensive intensity, and even with all the injuries, Matt Stafford has to be better. I mean, the ball placement's got to be better. they got to draw up some plays, scheme some plays out where we can get big chunks. I think you mentioned it on the last show that we can't dink and dunk. We can't, you know, have these 15 play drives every time. I mean, I can't remember the last time we really, you know, the slay touchdown was kind of a deep touchdown that you didn't expect, but when's our last offensive score that we didn't have to work for, we didn't have to really pick and prod our way down the field and pop it in from inside the 20. So 
need some plays like that. And uh, I'm just, I'm confident, a lot more confident than I was before in our defense being able to do some things, but especially if Kennard is back. And I think they said Sean Han might miss a game or so, but I think that I'm confident in that D uh, much more than I thought I'd be at this time in the year. And uh, just really a big wild card question mark on the offense. You know, where are they going to get points from? Where are they going to get plays from? And when people do get open, is number nine going to put it on them? You know, are we going to get any runs plus 20, plus 30 that are going to switch the field? I think that's what it comes down to. I mean, this offense right now is abysmal. So, you know, uh, we'll see what happens. Like I say, any given Sunday, you just never know. Yeah. Yeah, I think, the, like you mentioned, Buffalo. Buffalo's got – I think they got a pretty good defense. So I don't think the Lions are just going to be able to line up and try to run it down their throat, you know, using Blunt and Zach Center and, you know, even the trickerations to sometimes or Theo Riddick where I know early in the year everything was like when Theo Riddick was in there, it was like 98% of the time was a pass. They seemed to be handing the ball to Riddick a little more. But um, I still think they're going to have to pass them on this Buffalo defense. And uh, in the last few weeks they seem to be using Toilolo more, the guy that, we originally predicted just to come in and be the blocker and uh, he wouldn't get any passes. That would be like Luke Wilson and uh, you know, big Mike, but you know, now big Mike's on IR and uh, Luke Wilson, he Hold just on, seems to be a big disappointment. Let me jump in. I hate to cut you off, but I got to jump in when you brought up toy Lolo, because here's my issue again with not only the Detroit Lions media, but the fans and kind of how we operate. I literally heard Doug Karsh on 97 one talk for five ten minutes about Levine Toilolo and maybe we found something in this guy. Maybe we found our tight end. Like when are we gonna stop as a fan base? Like a guy comes out of the woodwork and has a game or two. And this is in football. I see it in baseball. I see it on uh, with our pistons, wings, everybody. Somebody will come out, they haven't done anything or they've been this their whole career. They do a little something. Everyone's like, oh we might have something. Like like this guy will never be more than a blocking back. Okay, he made a few plays in that one game and a few catches. Like, there's nobody else, and he should be able to catch a seam ball every now and again as an NFL tight end. Like, please tell me you don't see this guy being any type of uh, peace for the future or our tight end uh, resolve. Like, there's just no way. We got to get over this. Stop doing this, man. Um, yeah, this, this would go back to um... – you bring up Doug Karsh. I was listening to Shep Shower and Shave, and he used the terminology one time: Detroit good. You know, they're not they're not great in the NFL. Right. They're not good on. They're not good in the NFL. They're Detroit good, and everybody everybody gets these rose colored glasses and saying this guy's something. With with you saying that, with like Doug Karsh saying that, it's like you're right. Levine Toilolo just he made a couple of catches, but there's no way I'm penciling this guy in as the, as the number one no. tight end. You know, this guy's going to be the threat. You know, no. like you said, he's it's a seam, it was a seam route and nobody's on him. If I mean those routes where he's catching them, he's wide open. So it's just like if you can't bring those in, you know, that's I mean, you shouldn't be playing. But yeah, there's no way I'm penciling that guy in as you know, the number one. We found something. Yeah, okay, yeah, we found a blocking tight end. Okay. I, I can live with that. But there's there's no way I would pencil that guy in. He's he's Detroit good if you think that this guy's the number one stud. So, you know, just to kind of go with that. But, yeah, I gotta, he's I Detroit gotta, good. I got to hit two Grifka Bells because we had an okay, and I did miss a, to be honest with you earlier, so I got to get that in. <laughs> Secondly, like when you say Detroit good, though, I don't want to get on a big side tangent, but, like, to me that's derogatory. Like, you know, um, people like to goof on, like, you know, the Tigers are no good, the Pistons or the Lions, most of all, you know, Detroit good to me. To me, it's not that as much as it is. Like, I'm a guy, Griff, Joe, I try to tell you, hey, you only get credit when you project forward. And when you see a guy and then you say he's going to be good before he's good, you don't get credit after the fact. So I, I agree. I am a proponent of projecting forward, but I'm also a guy that says, you know, you got to sort of look at not only what they've done in the past, but look at a bigger, you know, scope of work most times and understand either what they are currently or what they could be. And I feel like we get lost in the moment of like, oh, he made two games, but he's been playing for five years in the NFL and has a total of maybe 
300 yards, 400 yards, maybe his whole career, yet he had a 90-yard game and everybody's on him. Like, that's the kind of mentality I want to switch. Not the, oh, he's only good in Detroit. It's the, oh, he was good last week, so now I think he's going to be an NFL starting tight flex tight end. Don't you think so? It's like, no, he's not. You know, no. so I guess that's what well, I want to what, what, what I'm saying with Detroit good is that you're right. He has a couple games and people go off the deep end saying that like, oh gosh, this guy's going to be something, but you're right. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I mean. Like he gets here and people jump on, jump on the bandwagon because he had a couple games. I'm sure it happens in every city. Like every, every guy, every team has those guys where me and you sit back and go, what, this guy's terrible. You know, what, what, what are we thinking? This guy's, this guy isn't any good, you know? And, I'm sure that happens in everything. That's what that's what I mean. Like Detroit, good. It's just like he has a couple games, so all these all these Detroit fans come out of the woodwork saying we we can use him, we can build around him, we can use him as a. When we when you sit back and look at it, you're right. He's been around five years and he's had two good games. That that's yeah. what I mean. Not like he's only good because he's in Detroit. He's good because he's here and he had a couple games. So all these fans think that like all of a sudden he, he's he's a, an important cog on the team. That's that's what I mean when I when I say Detroit good, not because he's he's good for Detroit, but you know me and you me and you just discussed it. There's no way I got we're you. gonna pencil this guy in as something. Yeah, I agree with you. So I just had to bring that up because like you were talking about it and going through, and I just think we have to sort of know what the key pieces are on this team and the important sections, and know when it's a flash in the pan or like there's no saying the guy can't be on the team next year, can't have a role, but um, and I'm not even saying we have to have an impact tight end. I'm just saying like some of those comments just shocked me this week of people just kind of grasping at straws. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens, but I, I don't think he'll be a, a huge factor in this game, but like you say, some other injuries, you know, there'll be some players that need to need to step up. So we'll see. Yeah. He's, he's obviously, I think he's been one of them, but when better talents here, I think he's obviously either not going to be here. Is he going to slide down to what he was originally brought in for is the blocking tight end. So, um, I mean, along with that, I mean, you had mentioned the defense and um, you, they've played better in, but I'd have to say last week they played a lot better than what I expected. And um, can, do you think you can see another defensive performance like that against Buffalo on the road? Or or do you think maybe that Arizona game was kind of a one-off because it really seemed like a high watermark? You know, they played really well defense against defensively against New England early, that Green Bay game early. Then they had some games where they they didn't look so great, and they have been improving through the year. But is, do you think it's more like the team's finally getting the scheme, or do you think it's uh you you think they might have they they might be actually getting it down now to where they can stop offenses that way? Yeah. Uh, before I answer that, Griff, could, did you say not that great? <laughs> yeah, they're not that great. <laughs> okay, I got to get that in. Um, okay. I I look at this team, I mean, here's the thing. I know I kind of, I've come on here multiple Friday shows and act like I'm giving the opponents, you know, credit and we're just going to come in and, and whoop their tail and, and they can't do anything against us. Like, I mean... Looking at this ball game, I do feel that way with with the Buffalo Bills. Like, I feel it's a little bit of a hard place to play. I mean, they're passionate about their team. You know, they've had some some good moments this year, but they're not a a good team, especially without anybody dynamic in the backfield. So, I think you're kind of right that yeah, the defense did kind of play out of their minds in Arizona. But people are like, oh well, that's a terrible team. Well. Yeah, but we weren't very good offensively either, but we managed 17 points. They could barely muster. I wanted that shutout last week, the way they played so solid kind of across the board and uh, just made plays when they were there, didn't get beat up. You know, there was really no time in that game where I felt like the Cardinals were really moving the ball or I was real frustrated with our our corners and other positions. So I'd love to see a repeat performance of that. Kind of just depends, you know, how the Bills approach us, you know, are they going to try to wing it around against Nevin Lawson and crew? If so, you know, that's the really the best way to get after our defense because you try to run the ball. I mean, with Snacks and the boys in there, it's been solid for weeks now. So I do think last week was one of their better performances, but again, every week they seem to not only be getting better, but more solid up front. 
and if we can just sure up that uh, that other spot opposite of Slay, especially in Buffalo with not really any playmakers that we can name or be afraid of on that side of the ball, I don't see why the defense can't you know be the leading force for what we hope is another victory. But the last point I want to make is I don't want to just chalk up these W's on the road like they're nothing. I mean, going into somebody else's house, I mean, every time a team comes to forward field, we always think, oh, man, we should get this one. We're at home. I mean, they think that too. So you got to play well and you got to put up points offensively because the Bills are looking at us going, oh, we got the Lions coming in. Like, this should be a win for us. So I don't want to take it for granted, but I don't see a reason the defense can't dominate. We can't get another win if we can – play anything on offense yeah it's just uh i like really what you said about buffalo being a tough place to play i know they've had you know down years with the teams but still even it's it's still especially at this time of year it's it's very tough to go in there and they they do that but very the way that stadium's set up it just seems that it always seems louder than than what you would expect. They always seem to, even on their down years, to pack in the fans, and you know they always seem to be sold out. And you know from what, you know, from watching them on TV, and um, even when the Lions have had to go there and play, it just seems like it's it's a pretty loud place with a, a big a big raucous crowd. And and it is. It's just one of the tougher venues to play in the league for a team that hasn't. You know they've had you know some success. You know. You know, way back when, but you know, as of late, haven't been uh, they haven't been that great. So, uh, um, <laughs> hey. still, I mean, uh, I, I don't think I don't think the Lions can take this for granted. Saying that you know, Buffalo's down team, we just had a you know great defensive showing, you know, on the road in Arizona. It's you know, it's one of those games that once again they they got to take it seriously, and you know, you know, they got to do more than just strap their helmet on. Think they're going to go in there and punch them in the face and take their candy. <laughs> Oh man. Hey, uh, before I forget about it, I want to quickly, I know we got other things to get to, but, um, you know, the one thing that haunts me is I think it's probably 2012 ish, something like that, where we went to Buffalo in that absolute blizzard. And (laughs) I'll just never forget watching that game, how shady McCoy not only tore us up for like 200 yards and two or three touchdowns. And I was playing against him in fantasy football playoffs. I remember, but he was cutting on a dime in like 10 feet of snow. I still don't know how that (laughs) happened, but like everybody else is falling down and can't move. And this guy was out like it was a walk in a Sunday park. I mean, I I shook my head so much at that game. I don't know if you remember it. And then also, have you ever seen that? um, I don't know if it was a documentary, but have you ever seen the thing about the Buffalo Bills fan that has like the old station wagon where he keeps like everything from – every game or he has all these crazy things packed in the station wagon that he's had for like 50 years. No, I've never seen that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You have to pull it up. He has like, he has like this jar of like pickles or pickle juice from like the 19, like 40 game that he went to where they made the playoffs or something ridiculous. Like it's insane. You got to check that Google, bring bring him up in your Google machine. Incredible. Uh, Like I'm not even doing him justice. He's an absolute, nut man it's crazy oh, god that's that just turned my stomach with you saying that gosh that just sounds <laughs> sounds bad it's oh. unbelievable though that the like the passion and when you see this vehicle just of like junk and memorabilia and like all this bill stuff he has i mean it's respect for his fandom but it's like one of those way over the top type of deals but yeah they got some crazy fans out there no doubt so i just wanted to bring up that real quick if people haven't seen okay. it check it out and then uh that shady game is crazy okay yeah i'll have to i'll have to, I'll have to find that and uh He's trying to watch it until he pulls out, you know, the pickle jar, like the jar full of his urine from a game in 1994 where Jim <laughs> Kelly threw for like 500 yards and four touchdowns or something like that. That's yeah. Okay. Where the porta potty wasn't working, but uh, like I said, one of my other favorite podcasts would say, uh, "Throw it in your Google machine and uh, check them out." Okay. Um, well, uh, we broke down this game a little bit. I mean, I know uh, Buffalo doesn't have a whole lot of offensive stars, and they got a pretty good defense. And Detroit has has a lot of injuries to overcome on both sides of the ball. But uh, what? How are you seeing this game? Well, what are you thinking uh, the outcome will be? Oh, Grifka, I mean, again, I think it's just going to be a similar, disgusting feeling type of game like we had in Arizona. You're going to 
Buffalo has a better, you know, defense than Arizona. Our offense, I don't see getting much better. Our defense has been grinding it out, being grimy and nasty. So, I mean, if I got to put a prediction again on this game, oh boy, I think it's just going to be something, something nasty, like 14, 10. Um, I'm going to tip my cap again to the Lions. I feel like Matt Pat and the crew are going to be able to, you know, scheme up a way to just do enough, just score enough, just play enough D where they're going to, they're going to scrape it out. And we haven't had a real nail biter. So like, I feel like this one's coming down to the, you know, three under four minutes left in the fourth quarters where it'll be decided if not under two minutes, Either the Lions are going to have to go score to win it or are going to have to hold on and, um, with that 14-10 ball game. Okay. Give me the Lions uh, with a W. What do you got to say? Let me hear this. Okay. Um, I know, like we said, Buffalo is a tough place to play, and I'm uh, not quite for sure remember the last time they won there. Uh, my favorite memory <laughs> was the one where the Lions, where the Lions went up to Buffalo and they won on the last week of the season and they made in the playoffs where uh, – Barry Sanders scampered one in from like five yards to win the game, and like they had like greats like Herman Moore, Chris Spielman, they were all on that team. Um, Give the but, people uh, a couple uh, classic Buffalo Bills from from your fandom. This should be good. Oh, from my fandom? Okay, I mean, my my friend Jason just hates Jim Kelly, but I have so much respect for that guy. I mean, I thought he was a great player. I liked him. I mean, I always like Bruce Smith and uh, was it um. Cornelius Bennett on the defense. Daryl Talley always used to wear in the wintertime would wear like the Spider-Man pajamas underneath <laughs> his jersey. I knew you were going to bring that up. Spider-Man pajamas, what he was wearing. And, uh, you know, Shane Collin always, his teeth were always jacked up. That guy always looked like he uh, he got kicked on both sides of his head by a mule and his teeth were all jacked up all the time. But I guess that's what your middle linebacker is supposed to look like. And uh, they had the guy, was it, was it, uh, I want to think Steve Tasker. Was it Steve Tasker who had like the double helmet for his for his migraines or something like that? And it just it looked like one of those cartoon, you know, like a Madden football guy where the helmet was just bigger than the body and everything. So either him or Don Beebe. Tasker. Da- no, was it was it Don Beebe? <laughs> no, Don Beebe two. was that fast guy. Yeah, he was that yeah. fast guy. But I don't think he, I thought it was Steve Tasker with the double helmet. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. But um. <laughs> You know, I digress. Okay, well, let's get back to the game here. So, let's, like you said, uh, <laughs> this is going to be like one of those. <laughs> this is going to be one of those ugly offensive teams. And I, like I said, I didn't check the weather, so I don't know if it's going to be windy and everything like that. But I'm looking along the lines of something to the effect of like a 16-13 game. And uh, I, I'm going to say Detroit on this one. I'm going to I'm going to pick the Lions on this one. You know, 16-13. Uh, it um, I think uh, there's some drives. What's that? It pained you to do it. It, it kind of does, to be honest with you, because I just know they just haven't won in Buffalo in a long time. and It's not an easy place to play, and the offense is kind of struggling, and Buffalo's got a better defense than Arizona. and It's just a lot to overcome. So, I mean, I think it's one of those things that move the ball a little bit, but to ultimately stall, and uh, that's where uh, Prater's got to come in and, and you know kick a few field goals. So I got, to, I got them winning the game 16-13. That's, that's what I'll go with. There we go. I love it, Griffco. You got two victories last week. We had, um, well, we had you on the lost side, so we brought you over to the uh, the good side of the ledger this week. I'm glad to yeah. see that. How's that? How's that Detroit Kool Aid taste, Griffco? <laughs> see, see, they they, they 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 brought me back in. You know, it's, it's like some mob, it's like the Godfather. <laughs> Whenever I think I'm out, they always they always pull me back in. Yeah, so, uh, perfect. Here we go. I got a few questions for you. I know, uh, you know, it is okay. Christmas season, so uh, yeah. I know a lot of kids right now are writing letters to Santa and they just put Santa North pole and somehow the U S postal service can't, can't get me my mail, but somehow they, they get to, they, they get, to, they get Santa, his letters and uh, somehow he's able to answer them for the kids. So uh, yeah, I have a couple questions here for you. I mean, uh, now, you know, I'm going to ask you what, what, what do you think, you know, these people are asking for? And I know your typical answer is going to be like, you know, all my friends are healthy and happy. Yeah, we got that. Okay. We're talking, you know, as dealing with the Lions, you know. So when Matt Stafford sits down and writes his letter to Santa, what do you think he's asking Santa for to show up under his tree in regards to the Detroit Lions? <laughs> oh, man. I hate to do another half side tangent, Griffka, but I like your bit about the mail. 
my favorite bit about the mail. One is uh, the classic Seinfeld where Kramer uh, just decides he's not getting mail anymore and starts returning it to like the post office or like he tells Newman, like, what are you going to do with your bills? The bank can pay them. What are you going to do with this? And he has like an answer for everything. And you're, you're like watching that show going, yeah, we really don't need this mail thing. We could really get away without it. I think there's, there's ways around it. And then, uh, and then there's another guy I listened to on a podcast uh, where he does a whole like spiel about how the, uh, the people at the post office are the slowest slugs on earth. Like you ever try to go to the post office, like middle of the day, there's like one teller and 15 people in line. It takes you two and a half hours to get through. Oh my gosh, man. Unbelievable. They're just uh, slow and pathetic. So uh, anyway, back to the point. So if Matt Stafford's right in the sand or asking for something for Christmas, like, I mean, if I have to pin it down to one thing right now, I think the guy has a long list of not only things that he wants, but I mean, we as Lions fans have a long list for him of wants uh, when it comes to him too. But I think Matt Stafford would be asking for that run game back, you know, asking for dynamic back in the backfield. We know who that is now that we've uh, seen him and we projecting forward that he's going to be the guy here in Detroit. Like I just feel like Stafford's never had it. And when he did, not only carry on, but when he had a couple other guys that were able to kind of move the football when needed, it really made a big difference. So I think Stafford would be asking Santa for that run game back, dynamic run game. Excuse me. Okay, so dynamic, right? I think, uh, I really, I really believe this, that he is going to be asking for an outlet receiver. And, uh, that would that would be the, the a, a tight end, and I know the Lions have tried in the past to get him one with Pettigrew and Ebron, and they're trying this way with, uh, you know, make it work with whoever we throw out there. But you know that guy when uh, I, I, the, just the outlet guy, and I know they've tried it with Theo Riddick, but I, I think that's what he, he could really use. And so that guy when the other guys are in trouble, where Kenny G and especially Marvin, you know, when, when he's back next year. Just, just the outlet receiver that can, you know, run down the seam. That's dependable, you know, lack of a better term, matchup nightmare. That, that's what, that's what I really think he he needs. So I think that's what he'll be asking for. Yeah, I agree. Okay, uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think about uh, Matt Patricia uh, when he sits down? What do you think he's besides a lifetime supply of hefty cinch sacks? What, what do you think he'll be looking for? Oh man, I was gonna say uh, lifetime supply of pencils. I thought that's where you're going, but uh, man, Matt Pat, there's only one thing on his Christmas list, man. There's only one thing in big bold print. If anyone's ever seen Matt Pat's signature, Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> no, if you've ever seen Matt Pat's signature on a helmet or whatever, it's in big bold print, actual print, no cursive. So his Christmas list has to be the same way. Um, impact font big black with a marker that just says wins the guy just wants wins and Grifka now in the future every year that's the only thing he really wants on his list and uh I think they'll come in due time I'm hoping for early 2019 those will be delivered in bulk but uh that's all he wants man W's okay I believe he's gonna sit down and like you said with this big black crayon like the big black crayons that you get in kindergarten you know, the, like those yeah. real big fat ones. And he's just going to put down two letters, O-C. You know, that's how he's going to put down. He's just going to put down. Yeah. He, wants, he wants his own offensive coordinator, not somebody who said, like, you want to keep this guy. He works well with Matt Stafford. Like, I like this guy. Why don't you keep him? He's, he's, he's going to find his own offensive coordinator and hopefully turn this offense into what his vision is of, you know, like I said, just, you know, running the ball, something a little dynamic, put a few more points up on the board than uh, what this team has been doing. So that's what great he's putting one. down. And, like, I think that's a great answer because if he can find the right old coordinator that he totally believes in and that that's aggressive and dynamic and fresh, and, again, this is a two-part coin that Matt Stafford can also believe in, get excited about, get challenged, first and foremost, like, that's so big because then he can let that side of the ball go almost and focus on the defense, focus on being the head coach and then we're rolling. So I love the answer. Yeah. That's gotta be tops of the list. Black crayon extra underline it twice. Okay. Uh, what do you think uh, Bob Quinn's asking for? 
Bobby Quinn, my guy in the front office, man, he's getting a lot of heat from people, everybody questioning, you know, his acquisitions, his drafts, this, that. I mean, it hasn't related to W's on the field, which we all know is the most important. So there is some reason to question there. But I think overall he's done a, a good to a better than an average job. Now, to kick the high gear, I mean, the first thing that's going to be on his Christmas list is, you know, I'd hate to say a, a high draft pick, but I mean a blue chip guy that can be a, a cornerstone piece. I feel like he's been getting people in the t- getting people with a lackluster number of picks the last couple of years. He only had like five, six draft picks each draft. He's traded some away to sort of move up and get guys he wanted. I think this year in big bold print, he just wants a blue chip player probably in the first round. And then he wants more draft picks, which he has this year. I want to say nine or 10 throughout the draft, if not more than that. I think it's nine, 11, something like that to, uh, to really swing for the fences hopefully this year and, and solidify that D and just really uh, hopefully hit some home runs with these picks. So I think he wants a, a top guy. He hasn't got a top guy yet. Okay. Um, I think he's uh, looking for, he's going to ask for um, kind of piggyback yours, um, that pass rushing defensive end in the draft. I believe that's, that's what he'll be asking for that, you know, no matter where they end up, that's where he can either draft one or get one in free agency to uh, help this defense. I think that'll be the biggest thing that he he needs to find. <clears throat> Demarcus so, uh, Lawrence. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you, uh, yeah. Grifka? What like again? Not to. I know we'll talk about this in future shows and whatnot. But what's a defensive end now for the Lions? Is it still the six five, two hundred seventy five pound athlete, or is it something different? No, I think what they're going to run because they'll, they'll need that that athlete because the way that defense is run where it's kind of clogged up the middle with snacks and they're using the rotation of Sean snacks and um, Deshaun Hand, they're going to want that kind of that, that quick lightning guy to come off the edge and um, get to the quarterback. That's that's what I that's what I feel is is what they need. So that's what um, I, I think I, he'll be looking for or asking for to show up underneath the tree. Hmm. Okay. My two cents. I'm a little the other way. Like, I think if you have big snacks and another big DT in the middle, like the way they run this three, four hybrid, like you almost need a bigger set the edge type of guy rather than these little 230 pound rush ends that are out there. So I think you'd see a, a bigger guy that can set the edge and also get after the quarterback and then let your linebackers be more the, the guys that, could be slighter, but are also bigger like Kennard to kind of rush the passer. So we don't want to forget about Kennard. I mean, he's a big guy, and he's been getting after the quarterback. So they may look for another guy like that too. Okay. Um, just a few more here, a um, couple quick ones. What do you think uh, Snacks Harrison is asking for? <laughs> Should I say the obvious, or is it too easy? No, because I think I'm going to say it then if you don't say it. <laughs> All right. Uh you know what? I think Snacks is asking for um man, this is going to sound really basic, but I think he really is going to be asking for just a good team to be put around him because I think he's been real happy here. Like he's played well, seemed to embrace him, seems to like it here. Like kind of just solidify his career here in Detroit. So I think just some some a solid team, but also just a sense of belonging or a sense of, Hey, I'm here for the next two, three, four years, whatever it may be. Yeah. I think he's going to be asking for Jared Davis is what's that? Butterfingers. Uh, uh, Yeah. Yeah, along with a bag of Snickers and Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, he's going to be asking for the continuous improvement of Jared Davis's football game. Because if he's clogging up the run, his job is to take up blockers so the middle linebacker can make tackles and make plays. So I think that's what he'll be asking for, that Jared Davis you know, continues to improve, like he's shown us the last couple of games, um, that his, his uh, trajectory is uh, still ascending. I think that's what he'll be asking for. And then, you know, P.S., please send us, you know, you know, 
Chips Ahoy and Oreo cookies and, you know, Funyuns and stuff like that. So Grifka, I have my finger right on the Grifka bell. Like the people that have been listening for a long time, how are you going to mention a bunch of candies and snacks and not hit the people with, um, you know, the Grifka favorite so I can hit the bell? Come on. M&M's? M&M's are my favorite. What kind? Oh, oh the peanut M&M, of course. There we go. Jeez, <laughs> come on, I gotta, I gotta tee you up. These are, these are softballs I'm throwing to you. Yeah, uh, I gotta put an actual tee out there next time for you to hit it out of the park. But yeah, man, you gotta talking snacks. You gotta talk to the peanut M and M's for Griff. Yeah. Well, let's do this. Let's uh, let's finish it up with this one. What do you think Lions fans in general are writing to Santa for? What, what do you, what do you think? In general, just just me and you guys listen to the Kool Aid. People listen to the Kool Aid here. Lions fans in general, what do you think we're looking for? What do you think we're asking Santa for? Besides the lifetime supply of hefty cinch sacks to wear around the games. <laughs> Grifka, I mean, if you're any type of like legit fan, a, a winner, uh, a person that isn't satisfied, I mean, there's a million ways I could go with this answer, but the obvious answer, the the non-wimpy answer, the bold answer, the only answer that you need on Detroit Kool-Aid cast is freaking Super Bowl Z. Like, one, but then multiple. That's the only reason they play the game. That's the only thing that people should be asking for. None of this, oh, I hope we get a division. I hope we win one playoff game. Like, every year you lace them up, it's to win Super Bowls. Bottom line, if that's not your goal, if that's not what you're asking for, then go pick another team. Go root for the, you know, Tampa Bay Bucks, as you would say, because that's all we want. That's the number one thing on our list. It always will be until we get it. And once we get it, we want another one and then another one. So, asking for Super Bowls every year. Um, get the bell out because I agree with you. I mean, that's that's what I believe Lions fans will be asking for. I myself will be asking for all those all those banners that Matt Pat had them take down, saying that hey, we made the playoffs in said year. <laughs> my my place could use some my place could use some decor in my man cave, and I would really like those. Saying hey, if these used to hang up at Ford Field, how cool would that be? Do you imagine how big those things actually are? Because they don't look that big hanging. They they look big, but what they're surrounded by is just massive space. Could you imagine how big those things actually would be hanging on the walls of your house? You know? <laughs> what so would be cool more would that be saying? <laughs> putting up a playoff banner in an NFL stadium or hoping that you could get your hands on a playoff banner to put in your man cave. That's about a tie. Are you kidding me? Are you, that's the, the, it's more lame hanging it up in your stadium, but how cool would that thing be? I think it's, that thing's better no. than your game cut Matt Stafford no. you know, jersey game worn. Are you kidding me? It was a banner that they actually took down. They took it down, and you got your hands on it. How they took, awesome would that be? They took it down, Griffith, because it was a mockery, and it was a joke to the, everybody else that actually has a pulse and wants to win something. That, hey, that we like made the playoffs. The That'd be like stealing the Mona Lisa. It's just like, oh, I got the Mona Lisa. Well, that's cool. I got the, I got, you know, I got the scream. Awesome. Really? Because I got a Lions banner that showed that they made the playoffs as a wild card team back in 1992. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we know, we know what, <laughs> we know what, what will get you next time, Gripka, for the holidays. But uh, yeah, if I got those sent to my office, not only we talked about it on last week's show, I would be taking those right back where they came from with the slave fingers saying, uh-uh, you can take wait, those wait, back because I don't wouldn't want Wouldn't it be cool, though? You, you've seen those champion banners like you, that you see like in sport, like in stores so like you know super bowl wins you know dallas cowboys now all out and everything like that you know you see like new york giants super bowls and it has a and it just has like detroit line wild card and so like years ago there was a wild card yeah yeah oh uh, man i uh i hear where you're coming from but it, it makes me sad because uh that's like I just said, I gave an impassioned speech, Grifka, and now we're back to the uh, reality of the matter that we're we're putting up uh, participation ribbons in our in our stadium. It's garbage. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so uh, and let's now let's that, shut it down after that. <laughs> yeah. Now that we know, now that we know what everybody wants for Christmas, uh, um, how about you say we get out of here and uh, get ready for the game yeah. on Sunday? 
yeah, let's do that. And uh, everybody does know what they want, Grifka. And it's Super Bowls in Detroit. I couldn't imagine the parade. As I've said many a times online, it will happen. It will happen sooner than we all think. And I'm not lying about that. So um, with that being said, Grifka, let's shut down the Detroit Cooley cast. Everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us. Um, we're hoping to uh, keep bringing you these shows and maybe have some new things here in the future for you. Uh, stay tuned for those. Uh, keep hitting us up. Keep listening and keep uh, rooting on this team. So everybody, for me, for Grifka, for the Kool-Aid cast, uh, have a great week. Enjoy this Sunday. Let's get another W. Let's go Lions. Take care, everybody. This Sunday, I'm going to give you what you crave, what everybody here craves. Drink it in, man.